The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debate. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today my guest on Off the Shelf is Alexandra, Alex for short, Rouse, uh, Alex is the director of the Professional Services Program Management Function at GSA. She is also the Professional Services Program Executive. And um, I don't, Alex, I don't know how those two titles are distinguishable, but uh, maybe you can let us know that. <laughs> uh, basically, it just kind of identifies me as the lead over the program offices for OASIS and the professional services schedule. So I'm responsible for making sure that these programs are up and running and maintaining the goals of fe- uh, federal acquisition service under GSA by being easy, efficient, and modern. Oh, Alan Thomas's uh, yeah. Yeah, goals for for the FAS programs. Got to um, make my plug. Uh, that's right. Hey, I, I get it. <laughs> Trust me, I get it. Um, so um, th- those are big programs, OASIS and the professional services schedules. And before we start talking more in depth on that and just professional services in general in the in the federal market, um, can you provide the listeners a little bit more about your background and how you sort of ended up where you are today? Well, I've had a pretty diverse background with GSA. I've been part of the organization for close to 17 years now. I grew up uh, in... In GSA. It sounds, in no, I'm G- kidding, uh, kidding, seriously. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's my extended family. But I started working in the National Furniture Center, which is now the uh, IWAC Center. I did uh, special projects uh, for GSA uh, involving courthouses, hospitals, uh, rooms of historical significance, that type of thing. And then I migrated over to the front office of the portfolio for general supplies and services. So I was lucky enough to uh, work with all the acquisition centers under the GSS portfolio. So that would include uh, office supplies, uh, Southwest Center, which deals more with security type services and uh, uh, janitorial sanitation products. Um, Basically, I worked with everyone where we have a footprint and coordinated the overarching uh, schedules program on behalf of general supplies and services. And and professional services was it was uh, and it it was a part of that that portfolio as yes, well. Yes, right? it was formerly known as the uh, management services center and under seven different schedules, which are pretty well known. Movis, Pez, to give you a couple examples. Um, I also spent some time in travel and transportation logistics. I helped build up the Fedrums program. Uh, which is a lodging program for federal travelers. And I also worked on the um, transportation services uh, aspect that global supply leverages for emergencies, that type of thing. And then I came back home to general supplies and services. I built the maintenance, repair, and operations federal strategic sourcing initiative And then I started uh, coordinating efforts among all strategic sourcing initiatives that were under the portfolio with the uh, GSA program office and OMB. 
And that actually led me into professional services because I started work on HCATs, which... Okay, yes, the sort of training, human resources, contract vehicle. Yes. With OPM. Yes, yes. So that work brought me to the professional services arena under Tiffany Hickson's leadership. I built the uh, uh, groundwork for the HCATs. Uh, contracts, multiple award contracts that we have today. And then my predecessor, Jim Galoni, uh, moved on to special projects at the White House. And I took over Oasis and began assuming the role for leadership for the professional services schedule as well. Okay. Well, that's um, so just, you know, it's it's fascinating to listen because I heard so much in what you described as your career at GSA, all the different things you get to do. Mm-hmm. And different industries you get to work with, and that was sort of my experience too. You know, does what do you th- when you think about that? What that experience? How did it? How did it help you develop as a you know, acquisition professional? Just uh, you learn so much from all the different industries and you know businesses and and customers. Sure, GSA is a great agency. I wouldn't have stayed there as long as I have. Uh, you really can do. A lot of different air, a lot of different things at GSA. It allows you the flexibility because we offer so much to try different things. They promote detail opportunities for their employees. Uh, they look for ways to train their employees so they have a diverse knowledge. Um, I've been extremely fortunate with my personal career because I've had very great leadership. Uh, and supervisors that have taken a personal interest in my growth and development at the agency. Um, One of my first projects was the Distinguished Visitors Lounge at Andrews Air Force Base. Who gets to say that? That's, I mean, GSA's, not to sound uh, immature, but it's a pretty cool agency. I, the work that I get No, it's pretty mature. (laughs) And I would agree with that. The work I do today makes it, helps the warfighter overseas. And we do a lot of research and development to make our military better. I mean, it's really exciting watching the news and knowing that the contracts that I support and lead are doing good things for the American government. And right. I know it sounds cliche, but it really is exciting to see it. Right. That's, I, I, I really appreciate those comments, Alex, and I couldn't agree with you more about GSA. Um, being an alumni, part of the family. Yes. Right? So, yes. <laughs> um, so let's, then you mentioned contracts. So let's turn to contracts a little bit and let's talk about, um, Oasis. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, given the listeners like the Oasis 101 sort of tutorial about what it is and the goals and the structure and that sort of thing. So I'm going to turn it over to you. So Oasis, um, probably couldn't have been built in any other agency but GSA. It was a groundbreaking, uh, groundbreaking excuse me, contract that really supports the needs of our federal community with complex professional services. It was a good two years in the making. We had an interagency working group uh, that consisted of several key agencies, uh, all the DOD agencies, or services, as well as SBA, DHS, and uh, several others. So this contract was built by contracting officers for contracting officers. Again, uh, I'm going to plug Alan here, but re- really is to be easy, efficient, and modern. It allows flexibilities that no other contract allows. Um, you can have several different types of contract types on a single task order um, through uh 
contract line item use. So um, like you could have cost reimbursement and commercial yes. and firm fixed price, all those different things sort of mixed all together. In one. Yeah, right. All in one. So, and then it also, um, we really paid attention to what our agencies were asking for as far as, far as the characteristics and qualifications for companies to be on this contract. And we can honestly say we do have the best of the best of industry on our contracts. Um, we had a unique scorecard uh, evaluation criteria that had never been done in government before. And now it's actually being replicated by several different agencies on master contract uh, that master contracts that they're building within their own agencies. So the architects of this solution really were forward thinking in creating something that was so flexible and easy to use for our contracting officers. And because, right. oh, I'm sorry, I just I'm okay. going to say it was a stroke of genius in the idea that companies offers would self score mm-hmm. right based on the criteria, and then the agency and government are sort of validating the scores exactly right. So you know, I mean, it kind of. I mean, it's, it, I wouldn't say it was protest proof, but it it addressed, it streamlined the process. But at the same time, you know, you present your score and if and you if your scoring didn't meet a certain threshold, I guess you may not have got a contract and right. Exactly. It allows businesses to put their best foot forward uh, while deter- they determine what projects they want to provide. Um, we validate the information that they provide, and really, industries competing against industry as far as these contracts are concerned. Oasis is. Um, we took the team did their best to take as much subjectivity out of the evaluation process and a really allow the merits of the company. And through the scorecard, we have a very objective way to evaluate. So at the same time, not every company is the same. There's unique uh, aspects of every individual company. And every company will tell you how they're different. Oasis allows that flexibility for unique requirements to be captured through the scorecard. So we can guarantee a certain level of quality through our industry base. And we also have... Um, special niche requirements that are offered through the contracts, and the scorecard makes that a possibility where other contracts aren't able to do that. Right. Well, and, and Alex, so I can say protest. That's I mean, that's what I used to do. So, it's, oh yeah. <laughs> but, I don't. Um, we don't see protest as a dirty word. No. Um, we see it as a learning opportunity and right. ways to make it better. Yeah. Um, and is this contract worldwide? Is that yes. my understanding? Yeah. Yes, we have a footprint that's worldwide. Um, so we are doing. We have requirements uh, and task orders that are supporting the warfighter overseas. Uh, we have uh, uh, coverage in Europe, Africa, uh, Asia, pretty much wherever the requirement is. Our our industry base can meet those requirements. Right, and Alex, you we're already up on the first break. Okay. Um, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion at Oasis, talk a little bit about who those customers are, a little bit more in depth, maybe, and and also a little bit about the you know the the number of contractors and and how it meets and how the program truly does meet mission requirements. My guest today is Alex Rouse. She is the Professional Services Program Executive at the General Services Administration, 
and you are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Alex Rouse. Alex is the Professional Services Program Executive at GSA, the Federal Acquisition Service, and where she directs uh, the OASIS uh, contract vehicle, which is the one acquisition solution for integrated services. OASIS. I just, I'm, Alex, I have to say, I'm always amazed at the acronyms the government, and particularly GSA, seems to be, it's very creative and clever in terms of uh, uh, coming up with these, uh, these acronyms. And OASIS, just when you think of that right, it's the oasis in the sea of professional services desert, right? <laughs> is that right? That's the case? Uh, but Alex also is, uh, directs the uh, professional services schedule. That's a much more mundane PSS, right? Sort would, of acronym, professional services schedule. That's it's what, very governmental. Yeah, yes, yes. yes. So, I wouldn't I say like mundane. O- I mean, but... I like OASIS acronym. That's pretty cool. So, um, so anyway, um, let's continue our conversation about OASIS and – can you talk a little bit about the contract structure? I mean, we talked about a little bit about the flexibility and the task orders mm-hmm. and the types of that you could do. But as I understand, there's two sort of contract vehicles built into the OASIS model. Can you talk a little bit about those and how many contractors on are in each of them? Okay. And I guess there's also the pools. You yes. talk about the pools, too. So OASIS has a unique structure. It's not a schedule, which I think people often confuse OASIS with. Uh, it's a multiple award contract, I, I, IDIQ contract. Um, so th- we have Oasis Unrestricted, and of that, it is seven pools or seven distinct contracts under Oasis Unrestricted. So basically, that is large and small. Um, there's no uh, set asides on the unrestricted. It consists, again, of seven different pools based on a variety of NAICS codes. There's 28 NAICS codes and uh, several exceptions to the NAICS codes that consist uh, under these pools. And with the unrestricted, uh, we ha- we're in the ballpark of about 70 or so contractors that support these contracts. Uh, Oasis Small Business or Oasis SB is 100% small business set-aside contracts. They are architecturally... They're set up the same way as unrestricted. Um, the pools are based on NAICS code size standards, so you can uh, right fit your requirement uh, when you look at these contracts. Um, they, the contracts have been hugely successful since they were stood up in 2013. Today we have over $11 billion in obligations, which we're – we're astounded at. We're thrilled with this number. Um, we also, I would say, uh, we have close to 1,500 task orders that have been issued against the contract since it was stood up in 2013 as well. Uh, we're a good news story for small businesses because 75% of the dollars have gone to small business. That's higher than I thought. I thought it was 50-50, but it, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh Oh, excuse me. It's 75% of the task orders. Thank you for keeping me honest, Roger. Yeah, yeah. And about 50-50 split with the dollars. Um, so it's a really effective tool for agencies seeking to meet their, you know, if they want to use a small business version absolutely. of it to meet their 
small business needs, right? Absolutely. So, like, so you're really talking like $5.5 billion in obligations, right, if it's yeah. 50-50 that have gone to small business? Yeah. Right. It's been hugely successful. In fact, uh, the Oasis base period runs for five years, so we're coming up on an option period where small businesses that are currently on Oasis have to recertify their size and we are expecting at least 65 to 70% of them to outgrow the small business size standard now. So we are affectionately calling 2019 the year of the on-ramp as we will be expanding our pools, particularly our pools in the small business contracts, uh, primarily small business pools one, three, and four. They're our most active pools, and they are our most popular and heavily used pools. Um, and what, what, are, what are those services? The, those services are the general business type functions, program like management, of, yeah. consulting. People would think of that of MOBIS kind of if yes. you're thinking schedules. Yeah. And engineering. Yeah. So there's engineering and then it's uh, NAICS code uh, set aside for um, specific engineering with pool three. Pool okay. one and pool three are our most active. Um, for stats on how we're performing there, we have a, on our website uh, www.gsa.gov back, or backward slash Oasis. Uh, you can see our dashboard. You can see how we've performed year over year since we stood up, which NAICS codes are popular, who are uh, industry bases, who's the most prolific in our industry base, so on and so forth. So I encourage uh, listeners to take a look at our website. Right. And that, they can learn a lot about the program right yes. there, right? Absolutely. Yes. And they can also see what we ask for in our solicitation and what's coming up with our open season on-ramps. We have our solicitation available online, and that defines the elements of the scorecard criteria that I mentioned earlier and our methodology of award. Granted, it's from 2013, but we are not changing our criteria. So what we did five years ago, we're doing this year as well. Right. So so the on-ramp is essentially a new open competition for those who are not, um, who are not on the contract right now to, to eventually to try to get into the pool, like pool one, or which is a management exactly. service, right? Exactly. It's an open season, and we want to expand our industry base from 40 contractors to 200 in total on each pool. So, uh, for well, for pools one and three, we're adding 200 contractors, and pool four, we're going to add an additional 100. And that's on the small business and side? And that's on the small business okay. side. We want to make sure that we have... Um, uh, we want to expand the opportunities of a best-in-class contract to our small business community. We want to ensure that we have the industry base that our customers are looking for um, available to them on the small business contract. We want to ensure the richness of our pools. And since we're looking at a significant uh, number of small businesses graduating out of the small business size standard, we have a lot of work to do this mm -hmm. year. So I guess the, that you know that graduation rate is a hallmark of the success of the program. Is that fair to say? I definitely would say it's fair to fair to say. And just the demands that we're getting from our federal community, the expansion to two hundred, um, really lends itself to small businesses. It provides them uh, an access to reach customers that they may or may not have been able to access uh, directly because 
or previously uh, with Oasis. Now those uh, companies that have uh, complex professional services experience under their belt um, will have the opportunity to come in. I do caution uh, uh, listeners uh, who may be part of small businesses, this contract, don't hate me, this contract is not for everyone. There are strict criteria that we have uh, within the solicitation. Um, Our customer agencies have asked for these requirements, and I encourage anyone who's interested in Oasis, especially in uh, coming on board for business, uh, business type functions such as MOBIS, such as uh, uh, Pez and um, to take a look at the solicitation and to really see what it is that we're asking for and to do an informal benchmark of points um, so you can see if your company would be a good fit. We have the scores of the uh, original industry base available online so you can see how what the ranges. What, yeah, the yeah. ranges. So basically, indi- we, we'll open up the slots for up to 200, and industry, depending on what their uh, self-score sheets, uh, what their scores are on those score sheets, um, we look at the, for example, the top 200, and then we'll evaluate them or validate their scores. Some people will fall out, more people will come in, but then basically the cutoff point is at that 200 200th mark and if there's a tie at the 200th mark we'll take all to all the companies that are tied right so and and this really is the, the idea that 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 you're supporting small business and in a in the context of complex the delivery of complex services exactly right? we've also out, uh, spent some time with the small business administration we wanted to bring back the ability of having 8A direct award capability on the OASIS contract. So we worked with them to develop appropriate language. So we will also be adding sub pools to the OASIS small business contract to allow for 8A uh, direct award capability. Right. And that's the situation, right, if I recall. So the 8As, it's set aside purely for 8As, and they're the only ones who can... Theoretically, compete for right? correct, right? So, correct. Yeah, I remember that that issue back when I was at GSA. Yeah. yeah. So our administrators partial to it as well. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> Emily. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Wow, we're already up on the break. Um, Alex, want to come back? I'm going to just ask you just a little bit more about Oasis, and we can, uh, in particular, how it fits in with the sort of category management approach, best in class, that kind of thing, and then maybe we'll start talking a little bit about uh, the professional services schedules. My guest today is Alex Rouse. She is the Professional Services Program Executive at the General Services Administration's Federal Acquisition Service. Easy, efficient, modern, right, Alex? Hey. Uh, so, and you are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Alex Rouse. Alex is the Director of the Professional Services Program Management Function. Also, she is a Professional Services Program Executive. Alex, I thought I'd do both of those at one point again during the, hey, <laughs> during hey. the show. Both your, your titles. Um, and her, she's responsible for the OASIS program as well as the professional services schedules. Um, and right now we're, we're talking OASIS. And 
Um, you know, you mentioned in the last segment, uh, Alex, that you know you have a robust uh, set of contractors. It's been a very popular contract, eleven billion dollars, if I heard right, in obligations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who are some of your biggest customers out there? Uh, not surprisingly, is it's DOD. Uh, they have uh, a lot of unique requirements. They have a lot of unknowns. Um, Oasis lends itself to that type of architecture. Uh, our top two are the Air Force and the Army. Um, they've easily done over $500 million annually on the contract uh, for both of them. Uh, they've been a great partner. Um, they've also uh, been very encouraging and helpful as far as us trying to get the word out about the on-ramps. Uh, across the country. We've actually supported them in, in at least eight different locations from coast to coast on just to talk to their industry base about the on-ramps and what's happening and what they need to look at, what they should be considering uh, to that uh, effect. So have you been well, uh, traveling around the country telling, you know, you know, with the, you know, Oasis story? Oh, that, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. My so. frequent flyer miles are very, very happy. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, we've been uh, San Diego, uh, San Antonio, Albuquerque, Colorado Springs, Boston. We've done a couple here in the D.C. area, Atlanta, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, and then we've also uh, connected with uh, folks through our webinars, uh, and we've probably we've had uh, at least three webinars where there was over fifteen hundred wow. individuals in part participating. It's just been an overwhelming but phenomenal. And response. I understand you, there's a recent blog uh, about Oasis out there too on the on the GSA website. Is yes, right? it pl- provides a little more clarification on the calendar of uh, of these on ramps that we're taking on this year, and just to really put folks on notice and give them a heads up on when they can expect solicitations. Uh, we know that Fed Biz Ops or Federal Business Opportunities uh, sometimes can be a little convoluted to use, so we try to communicate as much as we can through GSA Interact. Yeah. Um, I would Google that. Sorry, GSA. But Google uh, GSA Interact plus Oasis or professional services. And then you uh, I would sign up for an account and then we'll you'll you'll receive notifications when we post. So when right, you sign up for an account with that, like for professional services ca- you know, community or whatever it says. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then you will receive notifications of these blogs. Anytime we post on Fed Biz Ops, we include the link in our blog. So it's easy for interested parties to find the information. So uh, and it also gives you a general idea of what it is that we're doing and what we're thinking and how we're progressing. So if you haven't signed up for our Interact blog, I would highly encourage you to do so. Yeah, it sounds like a very smart uh, business intelligence move to make for companies looking at the on-ramp. Just one last question on customers. On the civilian agency side, um, who, who, who do you guys see using it? DHS is a huge user. Uh, They're probably our biggest user. We're also working closely with folks in state, interior, um, uh, HHS, uh, human health services, uh, 
among others. Uh, Oasis, the civilian side, they're really starting to dip their toe into the Oasis pool, if you will, and just start, they're starting to come online with using the vehicle. And that's not the first time you used that cliche, right? Have I? Uh, Oh, gosh, I apologize. It's (laughs) terrible, isn't it? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So I also wanted to ask you about... um, uh, category management, and I guess part of it's like, what is it? But also, more importantly, or just as importantly, is um, where does Oasis fit in the category management um, spectrum Arena? universe? <laughs> yes, whatever. Sure. So category management is really just looking at uh, different commodities and how the government buys various commodities and really organizing practices um and um procurement approaches to leverage the buying power of large entities it's frequently used in uh the private sector uh we've actually GSA as a whole has engaged with the Canadian and the United Kingdom governments because it's been highly successful there uh we uh Basically, the category management has uh, 17 different categories, and it's been well outlined in uh, an OMB, or Office of Management and Budget Memorandum, M1722. There's um, we Professional services it flip-flops between being the first or second largest uh, commodity in federal government spend. Right now, I want to say... The federal government spends about $70 billion on professional services. So I'm fortunate enough to have two, the only two government-wide contracts for professional services, OASIS and the professional services schedule. Uh, the Office of Management and Budgets, uh, Office of Federal Procurement Policy, has put together uh, criteria that agencies must follow regarding spend of their procurement dollars, and they have created a hierarchy of tiers for spend under management. Uh, Tier zero is open market spend. Tier one is under a contract. Tier two is an agency-wide contract. And tier three, also known as best in class, is uh, the gold standard that OFPP recognizes. So, there, there are. There's a push to move 20% of open market spend of federal agencies to contracts that are under spend under management, and of that 20%, 35% should be going to a best in class contract. So I know that those numbers freak people out, but we're talking about. Uh, 20% of open market spend. Open market spend is the largest category of spend under professional services that doesn't that isn't using a government contract. That's where somebody goes out with their own separate independent solicitation to meet a requirement, right? Ex- yeah. Exactly. As opposed to using like the schedules or Oasis or some agency-wide exactly. multiple ward contract. Okay. Exactly. So that makes Oasis as a best-in-class contract attractive to federal agencies. Our professional services schedule and the multiple award schedules program in its entirety is considered a Tier 2. So agencies will get spend-under-management credit when they use a, the schedules program or a best-in-class contract. 
Right. Okay. And um, and that presumably that's created some of the momentum. If you're up to eleven billion dollars with Oasis, um, that um, that people are looking at that and considering it. I. In part. Probably in, in, in part. part. I yeah, would I mean, say. It's, one of fac- it's a factor, right? But, yes. Uh, yeah. um, that's really, it's really been a factor in the last six months or so. Okay. Um, Oasis has had best in class um, uh, distinction for close to two years now. Um, the schedules, uh, they do not have best in class. They're tier, tier two, but there are some schedules out there. I know our friends in uh, IT70 have special item numbers that have been designated as best in class. This year, under the professional services schedule, we're looking to make our identity protection services SINs uh, best in class. And really, the distinction there is the type of data that we collect um, and how we uh, engage with the federal community and our industry base that sets us as a best in class contract. Wow. Okay. Um, You know what? We're... We're already up in the break. Really? Yes, okay. we are. So, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm doing my math right, yeah. I, guess we're, I think I, I think I got it right. Um, so, I guess the whole next segment we'll talk about the professional services schedule. How about that, Alex? Works for me. Okay. My guest today is Alex Rouse. She is the professional services program executive at GSA's Federal Acquisition Service, and you are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. And my guest today is Alex Rouse. Alex is the Professional Services Program Executive at the General Services Federal Acquisition Service, where she directs the one acquisition solution for integrated services, the OASIS Multiple Award IDIQ, and the Professional Services Schedule Program, um, you know, which includes MOBIS and PEZ and all that wonderful stuff on uh, professional services have been in the schedules for now a fairly long time, almost 20 years, I think, if mm-hmm. I think back to when I was at GSA. Um, but Alex, the, the, the professional services schedules, there's a lot going on there, and that's a program that accounts for, I think you were telling me on the break, that it's about $10 billion a year. That's correct. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a big program with a lot going on on it, and I know you've uh, you guys been working to make it Easy, what is it? Easy, easy efficient, efficient, and, and modern. modern. Yes. yes. So, well, so talk about what you're doing to make it even more easy, <laughs> efficient, and modern. Well, many of our schedule contract holders, if they're listening, uh, about two years ago, we went through a consolidation effort to combine seven schedules into one, which is now the professional services schedule moniker is Zero Zero Corp. Um, The purpose behind that was to eliminate the number of contracts that GSA has, uh, especially in uh, the professional services category. Uh, It was a duplication of effort. It was not easy for industry because they would have to submit proposals, uh, you know. Seven different times. Seven different times with contract teaming arrangements with themselves. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. So we consolidated these schedules. Um, and so uh, the uh, contractors could have one single contract to do professional services work. Uh, it's been highly efficient. It has saved us a lot of money in overhead and operational costs. Uh, it's also been a lot simpler for uh, our industry partners to come in, make modifications, uh, 
you know, track how their performance is on the actual schedule itself. Uh, this year, 2019, we're moving into phase two of that initiative. Uh, since we consolidated, uh, we have we've noticed that we have some duplication of uh, uh, labor categories, for lack of a better term. Yeah, um, yeah special ex- item number, labor categories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we want to take that to the uh, further. We want to consolidate even more. So, for example, program manager or project management that's on our schedule is listed at least 28 times. Probably not necessary. We want to right. clean that up. Uh, we are looking at it in a meaningful way. Um We're trying to get our arms right now around the architecture of what that's going to look like. Uh, In the near future, our industry partners possessing a schedule will likely uh, receive an RFI from us on recommendations of moving to different types of um, structure, uh, pros and cons of each. Um, with With this type of undertaking, we recognize that we won't. It won't be a hundred percent perfect for, but we want to get it as close to perfect as we can. Um, so, that question interesting. Yeah. I think one of the things I sort of heard you talking about is one of the things that the consolidation not only does it made it more efficient for instead of seven, you got one. Mm-hmm. I think on both government and industry side, but I think from what I'm hearing, it also sort of highlighted or revealed other areas where there's overlap and redundancies that you may not have been as clear when you'd had seven different schedules. Is that fair? I mean, when you talked about like, fair. yeah, that is fair. Um, these, these different schedules independently had a lot of similar requirements. So since it's now all under the professional services schedule umbrella, we want to uh, make these individual requirements uh, singular, if you will, under the professional services schedule where it's appropriate. Um, in addition, it also has helped us immensely with our performance on awarding contracts. As before, if you had seven different contracts, you might be working with seven different contracting officers. So when you're sending in a mod here and a mod there, you know, How's it progressing? Who's doing what? They're done differently. It allows us to be more efficient, and it allows us to conduct more work in a uh, in a faster amount of time, which allows us to uh, be. And I'm not saying this. I'll to say for easy, efficient, and modern. That's it. Right? That's so, it. That, <laughs> it also doesn't. It. I mean, it seems to me it also helps set expectations for your industry partners. If it's yes. rather than you know, there's. There's more uncertainty when you're talking about seven different contracts and yes. different transactions. And if you can create a, you know, I think companies, businesses like uh, you operate better when they understand or, you know, there's more certainty in the marketplace to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So are you seeing that as well? Yes. It's it's just more clear. Our customers are able to shop the schedules better. Our industry partners are ba- able to provide their uh, solutions uh, in their um, solicitation offers more clearly. And government, we all know, we get in the way of ourselves a lot. We make things complicated, and it, not on purpose. I swear it's not on purpose. But this is an opportunity for us to 
make things better, to make it easier for both sides of the table to come to a common goal. Really, that's just providing service to the federal community. If the industry is performing well and can use our, our, our programs easily and our customers can use the programs easily, we all win. Right. So, and I th- I understand too, so as part, you have the consolidation. Another thing that um, PSS was working on was streamlining the solicitation itself. Yes. It's how, where is that right now? We, we've, it's, <laughs> we did such a good job. Uh, the Mass Program Management Office, which oversees all of the schedules, has decided to carry it over to all of FAS. So they're actually taking that piece, which we developed for the professional services schedule, and they're including it in the mass reformation that uh, we're participating in. Okay. So, and that, and what, the goal of that was to, and what did you do? You looked at re, redundant clauses, yes. outdated things. What, what all did you do? On the professional services schedule, we had... 32 different parts to the solicitation, and we cut it down to five. We had requirements in there that were for products. We don't need that in there. We had uh, requirements for uh, a variety of different things. Um, we looked at redundancies. Uh, we took we took that out. We just tried, we moved to plain English on the solicitation, and we just really tried to Structure the solicitation as uh, someone who is preparing a proposal would come in, they would be able to follow the solicitation, use it as a checklist, and they wouldn't have to flip back and forth through different areas uh, for references or to ensure that everything is in the actual solicitation itself. All right. So, and the the professional, if it's ten billion dollars a year. Do you you know have did you have a sense of how much that that goes to small businesses? Uh, the majority of our contractors on professional services schedule is small business. I want to say uh, it's about eighty percent of our industry base is small businesses, so they are attracting a huge amount of dollars on the solicitation itself on, through the solicitations itself. And so that's a. It's a it's a strategic entry point for if you're a small business thinking about entering the federal market, you yes. know, the professional and you're in this that business professional services. Yes, this is one of the this is the contract vehicle you need to be looking at first and foremost to get into the market. Don't you think? Yes, thank you for bringing that up, Roger. In fact, now if you are a small business and you're interested in Oasis, you know, as soon as we're done with the on ramps, we're going to start planning the next generation solution. Of Oasis, which in itself will be a brand new contract. Now is the time to get on the professional services schedule if you're new to uh, government contracting because you need to build your experience as a prime contractor in order to qualify for the Oasis uh, contracts. That aspect probably will not change uh, in the next generation. Um, But we can discuss that in about two years from now. I'll have you back on the show. Okay, Absolutely. So, but that's that's a great point that that as you you want to build your experience in the federal market, entry in the federal market, and and in the schedules itself can be a huge success point for companies. But it also provides you credibility 
in other arenas, right? It's so important. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that, Roger. It's just really the gateway for businesses, if they, particularly small businesses, if they want to become large and they want to be a player in the professional services arena, Schedules is your best bet. It mm. really is. You get the tier two credit with spend under management. Uh, you, you're able to capture business that would allow you to qualify for a best in class tier three contract uh, at the, its next opportunity. It's just It just makes sense if right. you're doing that type of work. One final quick question. So GSA now has the authority to do an unpriced schedule um, yes. for, for services on an hourly right basis. Yes. Um, can we see that down the road here? That's you a- will see that down the road. Um, we have to get the uh, phase two of the, the consolidation of the schedule down first. Uh, but we are going to start planning what that's going to look like. This year, and I'm optimistic by the end of this fiscal year, we'll have more information to share about what it's going to look like and what it'll entail. And I dare say we'll need help from the coalition. Well, on- we, we look forward to helping <laughs> out on that. And, and Alex, thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. My guest today has been Alex Rouse. She is a professional services program executive at the General Services Administration's Federal Acquisition Service. That's a mouthful right there. Um, and, but here's another mouthful. You've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.